Hello, this is Vexen, and you're listening to the Kingdom Hearts World Podcast. <laughs> Enough! Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Kingdom Hearts World Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and I'm here with podcast co-host, Grace. Hi there. As well as a very special guest, Mr. Steve Prince. Hello. (laughs) This is so exciting, you guys. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. You may know Mr. Steve Prince. (laughs) Uh, Is it okay if we just call you... Steve? What should we call you, Steve, Mr. Prince? Steve, or? you can call me Steve, you can call me Prince, you can call me Steve Prince, you can call me Derek Stephen Prince, but Steve's fine. Alright, sure. The voice actor formerly right. known as... <laughs> the actor formerly known as Squiggle. <laughs> <laughs> so you may know Steve as the voice of Vexen from Kingdom Hearts, but he also has quite a few other roles that you might recognize. Uh, I definitely did, such as uh, Shino from Naruto, Uryu from Bleach, Ken from Digimon, Amongst a huge plethora of others, just Wikipedia, Steve Prince, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you're pretty much like, you're a ton of um, Digimon, too. Yeah. Uh, I was, as, as a matter of fact, or fan, fan fact, I guess, um, up until the most recent one they did, which I think was like maybe two or three years ago, um, I was in all five, epi- five seasons. Wow. Good lord. That's amazing. From season one, two, three, four, and five. That, and I that's... can pretty much name at least the characters that I remember. I mean, little minor ones I'm probably not going to remember, but I can remember all the major ones. I remember Vimon was one of my favorite Digimon as a kid, so it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. to be uh, yeah. here. <laughs> you've, been, you've been pretty much almost all of my favorite characters. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's well, been to the cool. point where I'll, I'll like, hear your voice and I'll be like, oh my god, it's Steve Prince. Okay, favorite <laughs> character. Done. very cool Mm -hmm. so with that i guess we're going to go into our questions we're going to start out with about four questions from grace uh grace and i as well as all of kingdom hearts world then we're going to go into a few questions from our listeners if that's all right that's that's fine let's rock awesome so i'll just jump into the first one here how did you get into voice acting um not by choice um i well okay we're gonna maybe go a little bit off the off the, uh, the the colored path here to when I was a kid. My my dad was very influential on me as far as doing voices, mm-hmm. and uh, this is actually going to be something new, guys. So this is something that I've never said at a con before. Right. Uh, but when I was growing up as a kid, uh, my dad, who was very influential, he he was basically born in the Depression era. And all of the people that he was surrounded by were all of the, the then-famous actors, like live actors, you know, that were kind of like character actors, like Humphrey Bogart and Peter Lorre and Sidney Greenstreet and, um, uh, you know, just a whole slew of them, Bella Lugosi. And so because that's what he grew up with, that's kind of like what I watched when I was a kid growing up. So I kind of like was filtered through from him as far as all the stuff that he grew up with when he was a kid filtered through me when I was a kid. So a lot of the characters, especially ones that I created from Digimon, are based on live actors who were in that time period, like the late 40s, early 50s kind of thing. And when I would watch um, some of these cartoons, especially 
two cartoons that I was very influenced by growing up. Um, one which was uh, The Secret of Nim. Memorize that like forwards and backwards and <laughs> would try and sound like all the characters that were in the show. Oh, and um, the other uh, animation that I was very influenced by was, um, golly, I can't remember it now, but it's a uh, movie by Roman Polanski. It was mm. kind of like that, the animation mixed with live action. I don't even know if I'm even making sense to you guys or not. <laughs> I could definitely look anyway, it up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, um, and then one thing that I, because I'm an only child, um, didn't have any brothers or sisters growing up. So one thing that I did to entertain myself was, uh, I loved comic books. I would look at comic books and this is kind of like a little game that I did where I would try and be every single character that was inside the comic book and try and sound like them, like what I think they might sound like. So if it was a female, I had to try and sound like a female. And if it sounded too much like another voice that I already did, then I had to start all the way from the beginning of the comic book and start over again. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That is a wonderful exercise. It's a great exercise for anybody who's, you know, thinking of wanting to, well, how do I create a voice? How do I, you know, how do I make a voice different? Each one of those characters in the comic book is, especially if it's written well, you you don't have to think very hard about what the character is going to sound like because it's almost... The, the dialogue, the way that it's written, it's almost going to come out of your mouth that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So uh, that was a little game that I played with myself growing up. And um, so I never really pursued it as a, as a profession or a career or anything like that, but I, I kind of knew how to do it when I was growing up. And when I uh, went to... Um, I, I do have a theater background. Um, I've mm-hmm. been acting really since I was 10 years old in front of commercials and movies and television and all that stuff. Although it was very sprinkled, you know, when I was younger and in high school. But did a lot of stage stuff. Um, went to Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh for uh, getting my BFA which uh, in musical theater. And um, after I graduated from Carnegie Mellon, I went to New York for about two and a half years did mostly stuff that was not even in New York because they hire a lot of actors to travel. And so I traveled a lot, and traveling wasn't really my thing, so I came back here to California. And um, actually had a pretty good run of it for about maybe the first two and a half years when I was back out here. And then things started slowing down a little bit, and I wasn't Mm -hmm. getting as many roles. Um, And I thought, well, I still got to, you know, as an actor, I still got to have my chops up. I still got to, you know do exercises and, and uh, learn about things constantly as a sponge. So there was this one class that I attended at the Second Conservatory, and uh, Bob Bergen, who is the voice of Porky Pig and Tweety Bird uh, from, the, from the new Looney Tunes, oh. Um, oh, was wow. the guy that was directing it, and actually probably more recognizable, like you don't even think about it half the time, but anytime there's an announcement like on Disney Channel for like a Disney show coming up or if you guys play, you know, any of your games on iPhone and you hear about the Disney stuff that's on there, you know, um, he does all all the voices for that. He's got a very youthful sounding, youthful sounding voice, but the guy is like older than I am. He's like late 40s, early 50s. But anyway, he, he... He's the one that actually conducted the class, and I mean, I could tell just from my professional background that I had, 
and all the actors who are trying to make it out here in Los Angeles, you know, you could definitely tell the ones who've had experience and the ones who did. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of the actors didn't have experience when they were doing the voiceover thing. There was oh just something goodness. they were doing. And when I approached it, I approached it very professional. You know, I, I, I've got a very good short-term memory, as long as it's not more than five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking at the words on the page and then just saying them uh, without having to look at them and trying to use my body or talk with my hands, you know, create more gestures or, or physicalities uh, based on the character that I was going after. Obviously, he saw that, and he said, so can I have your demo? At the end of, you know, when he was shaking everybody's hand, and he wasn't really talking to anybody, but he stopped me and talked to me, and he said, so can I have your demo? I, I'd really like to listen to it. And I had Ooh. no idea what the heck he was talking about. <laughs> like, what's the demo? Uh, and at that point in time, when I was starting off in voiceover, um, you had a cassette tape. We, CD, CDs haven't even hadn't even been invented yet, or if oh, they wow. had, they would just been oh, wow. they they had just been talked about. And MP3s were like, "What are you? Are you like from an <laughs> alien country? <laughs> like, what is that?" So everything was all by cassette, and uh, I didn't know a thing about demos at all. Uh, the only thing that I knew about was you know headshots coming from the uh, on camera world. Yeah. So he yeah. told me he described it to me. He said, "You know, if you continue taking classes." Take some from people that are actually working in the business, not has-beens that have, like, maybe done something 20 years ago and haven't done anything since then. But people who are actually working in the industry, take classes from them, hone your craft. I guarantee you, you will probably be able to get some work out here. And he was, you know, he was right. I, I mean, the first classes that I took were from him. I took some classes from uh, some some great directors that, you know, at that point in time were at the at the peak of what they were doing in their careers. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't. They don't do very much anymore, but it was great experience. And the first job that I remember receiving as a voiceover person was from Saban Entertainment. When I, at that point in time, when they had two major magazines that actors could purchase and you know go out on auditions for, one was called Backstage West, and that was the primary one out here in California. Uh, that's the one that you could buy every week and see what, what's going on, who's casting for what. And they also had Hollywood Reporter. And um, I looked inside Hollywood Reporter because every year they would have, actually every uh, half year, they would publish a list of all the production companies that were in existence who were in pre-production for different animated shows or um, animated movies. And it actually had their contact information at that point in time. And wow. so what I did was I, I went through the list, and I just started from the front page going all the way to the end. And basically, I mean, most of the stuff, you know, when I said, hey, uh, I'm a voiceover actor, I'm, you know, just trying to get more experience in the industry, I, uh, I have a demo, I'd be happy to mail it out to you. And, you know, most of, I would say 99% of the time, would get the door slammed to my face, figuratively speaking. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because who wants a new voiceover actor when you've already got a plethora of actors that are already working in the business, and those are the people that you can rely on because you already know their work. Uh, Why would you want another one, you know? Yeah. Um, so somebody took a chance on me, and uh, she was the secretary that was working for Saban. And um, when I called and I expected to hear the no from her, you know, saying, hey, you know, I'd really like to send you a demo. And she goes, you know what, I actually have something better for you. What are you doing next Tuesday? 
Mm, I'm going, wow. I said, I'm, I, you know, I'm stopped in my tracks. And, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. And she goes, well, why don't you come out and audition for a show that we're doing called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Oh, my and, God. Uh, let's see how you do. And, she, you know, I'm, just from me talking on the phone with her is, is where she kind of got this, this instinct, I guess, to, you know, bring this guy in and maybe he'll be able to do something. And so I did, and the, the first role that I booked, um, I can't even remember what it is now, but it was one of the main bad guys, Tretron, maybe? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. But that is- anyway, that's, that's what started it all. And I worked on Saban for Power Rangers for probably about four years, maybe five years, okay. when they were um, doing Power Rangers and Beetleborgs. And um, it was in both shows, and that's where I met a lot of the directors that I got hooked up with later. Uh, it's where I met Wendy Lee. It's where I met Michael Sorich. It's where I met Kirk Thornton. Uh, you know, um, just a whole bunch of directors. And of course, because I, when I'm the type of actor, when I go in and I do something, I'm there because they're hiring me because they know that I can do it, and they expect that out of me. And I just go in. Just, you know, very tunnel vision saying, this is what you want, here I am, boom. And I don't try and mess around a lot, you know, unless I know a lot of the other actors there are messing around too. But <laughs> I just go, they're in, you know, just go in very clean cut and it's like, you know, and they appreciated that because they've got a full schedule. If they can get done quicker, then that means they get a longer lunch break, you know? <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> yeah, really. Huh? So, um, that's where I got hooked up with a lot of directors. And because I was very professional when I went in there and I did my work and then I was out, um, they of course referred me on to other producers and directors who were doing stuff. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's how that all started. And that brings you here. Wow. Yeah. That is wonderful. Now I I will tell you something for the kingdom hearts fans that happens. That is very unusual. When I recorded, uh, a lot of the stuff that I was doing is usually recorded on a inside of a, a sound studio. Mm-hmm. I I didn't, you know, I, it takes a lot of money, especially if you want to do it right, to be able to make it out here in Los Angeles because you've got to have a certain amount of, of capital already to be able to put into making a demo, to taking classes, to when you have an audition, hopefully you have an agent. If you don't have an agent, then you have to pay somebody as an engineer to be able to record you. Wow. And, you know, I, when, I, uh, when I was out here um, and I was doing my thing and I've got a family, you know, and I've, mm-hmm. they come yeah. first, you know, so I can't spend a lot of money on myself necessarily. So what I did was I did a rigged uh, recording studio inside my car. No way. I had a laptop. Hello. I had a laptop. I had a USB cable that connected from the laptop to a preamp. And then from the preamp connecting to the microphone, I had a microphone cord and I had a pop uh, a pop filter uh, that I held while I was holding the mic in one hand. I held the pop filter in the other. And um, that is basically my garage version of when I did a lot of my auditions. That's, that's why I did them in my car because the sound doesn't reverberate. It's very close yeah. in space. I did it oh, yeah. when I made sure that there weren't planes flying overhead <laughs> and there weren't cars driving by. So it was quiet, but that is how I actually auditioned for Kingdom Hearts. That's awesome. Oh, my God. That is, <laughs> and that's awesome. It, it, Disney did not mess around with that show at all. I mean, they, they wanted the best people that they can get. 
And as a result of that, I had to audition against people not only on the West Coast, but also on the East Coast. I think the total number of actors that auditioned for Vexen was about 887 or something like that. Oh, God. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. And you beat him. Yeah. And I beat him. And oh, I beat him God. during a garage audition. <laughs> that is amazing. So, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Oh, man. That's amazing. That's All right, so now that I went on my tirade answering that first question. <laughs> no, that was super oh, that was interesting. Though, frankly, when I was listening to that, did you say that you had gone to musical theater? Was that it? Yes. You did? Yeah, well, so you I, did, I did musical theater when I was in high school, and that's what I majored in when I was in college. That's awesome. Does awesome. that mean that you can sing? I, I, I can. I'm sorry, this is totally off topic. I just wanted to know that. that that's a lot of yeah. fun. Because <laughs> I can't yeah. sing at all. But yes, that does amaze yeah. me. Awesome. <laughs> all right, moving on. Sorry. Okay, Question moving two. on. Uh, where did you draw inspiration for Vexen? Uh, what did you add from the Japanese version? You know what? I didn't have to add a lot. I actually, a lot of Vexen is already there from the Japanese version. Based on the way the original actor voiced it, he had it kind of like a, I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was a, not a high and mighty type of voice, but it was a very educated voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a very calm voice. The only time that he really got maniacal was obviously towards the end when he's battling Riku. And, but for the most part, he had a very even keel type of feel, even when he was like, you know, just destroying people. Um, <laughs> Ruining lives and, and whatnot. There's a, there's a very menacing quality to that. It's also kind of, you know, like scary in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, so a lot of that was already there. And there's a slight, just ever, ever, ever so slight, because they didn't want an accent for him. They wanted him to be American. But there's an ever slight touch of Tim Curry as Frankenfurter in there. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god, that is amazing. <laughs> that is fantastic. And and just for the record, the first role that I did for Digimon, which was Piedmon, that's Tim Curry's Frankenfurter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to a T, that's Tim Curry's Frankenfurter. Oh my god, that is wonderful. That is so yeah, there's a slight touch of that just because I saw a, a little bit of that um educational higher kind of not really sure about this guy. Like, is he straight? Is he not straight? What's going on with him? <laughs> There's sort of Quality. a flamboyant. Yeah, a little flamboyant. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's where that all came from. So you got that vibe, too. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one here. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you, Grace, I think you, you play a much better version of Vex and Mike in real life than I ever would. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you so much. Guys, based on the Facebook comment that I that I told you about, I mean, I'm sorry. That's just hot. So. <laughs> Thank those, you. Those oh, are you're, you're making me blush over here. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> For those who might not know, Grace cosplays Vexen quite frequently. A lot. Uh, there's photos on the Facebook and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, that's it's a really good job. Mm-hmm. And I made my own freeze pride. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the second version of it. Yeah, yeah. So that took a lot of work, but it was fun. Fun work. Awesome. Very. Mm-hmm. All right. So our next question is: Do you have any interesting stories from the booth or from any conventions that you've been to? Uh, let me see. Um. Hmm. 
it has to be something that I can actually talk about because there's a couple of shows that I'm in right now that I can't talk about yet. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I know eyebrows raised. Trust me, <laughs> you, will, you will you will be glad after the wait is over because it's been coming for a while. Yeah, I don't want um, you to get in trouble. So yeah, yeah, I, no, definitely not want to get in trouble. Um, there was there was one show. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the director, Michael Sorich. He also acts as well, mostly directing, though. And uh, Michael and I, especially a few years ago, were more buddy-buddy than we are now, just because, you know, people kind of go their, their own ways and do their things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, there's a show that we all worked on uh, called Moncoli Nights. Um, I was one of the two leads in that. Brianne Sidal was the other one. And uh, there was... <laughs> There was a word that I could not say for the life of me, and it was the simplest word. And, of course, I'm, like, totally spacing out right now, so I can't even remember what it, what it is. But I literally could not say that word for the life of me. And it took almost, like, 15 or 16 tries for them to record just this one line before I could even say it. And then when I did say it, it wasn't exactly the way it should have been said. And <laughs> Michael Uh-oh. would write that word in every script thereafter. Just to hear me that. <laughs> it, it was frustrating as all get out. But, I mean, you know, at the same token, it was fun, you know, because he was poking fun of me. But, uh, um, yeah, that, that would probably be the one thing that I remember, like, happening. It was kind of funny, but kind of not funny, but at the same time, you know. Oh, like, yeah. super experienced voice actor. Spelled by one word. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know that. what it is. You can probably say Yeah, that I know. Really I'm totally spacing out on that. Sorry, guys. It was oh. like chair or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it, was, it was definitely like a... I, I don't remember. It was, it was like a three-syllable word, and it's like the easiest word to say, and I just couldn't say it. I couldn't get my head around it. <laughs> it's all right, Steve. I, I've been mispronouncing hijinks for the past, like... <laughs> What, 24 years now? Apparently, I, I mispronounced vaguely, so vaguely. <laughs> so funny. Because he's Canadian. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah. That's Canadian. All right. Moving onward. What do you think of the fandom hype? What do I think of the, the fandom hype? Mm-hmm. On, Vex, on, on what? Vexen or just the, the game as a whole? Just in general, the game as a whole and Vexen as well. Just all in one. I don't know what the deal with Vexen is, to be honest. I mean, um, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I guess I see him cosplayed more than I do Axel mm-hmm. and, and some of the other ones. I don't know why. Maybe the dude, maybe it's just because he's kind of, you know, sexy looking and he has long hair. I don't know. Long hair is pretty nice. Long hair is nice. Maybe it's, maybe it's that thing. Although, you know, he does have the best weapon, obviously. But, and the best laugh. Uh, best yeah, and the best laugh. <laughs> and um, I, I think as a whole, I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, when, you, yeah. when you've got what, what Disney created, which was, I mean, brilliant. Whoever originally thought of the idea of, like, merging anime and animation together, you know, and having your, your Disney characters as the major crux of, you know, the storyline, but yet also having, you know, the anime character of, of Riku and all the other ones that come in as well and just how they interact with each other. I, I mean, you don't find that anywhere else. Oh, for it's sure. It's not out there. 
Definitely. You know, I mean, this is the one medium, so to speak, I guess, where you can find those two together. And it's, I mean, so obviously, I mean, even, even kids who may not necessarily like anime are, if they like those characters, you know, Goofy and Donald Duck and, you know, Mickey Mouse and all that stuff, you know, and then, then of course, all the bad guys from the, the Disney villains. Oh, yeah. You, you got all that stuff, and, and you're merging it with the the anime stuff. It, it, I guess, in a way, makes it more mainstream, the anime, for kids that never watch anime. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, it intrigues their interest if they get really into some of those characters to want to see what else is out there, which I think is awesome. Um, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think anime especially, by far, at least from the stuff that I've seen between regular animation and anime, the... And I'll use Naruto as an example because I have never ever seen something more brilliant, just in terms of backgrounds oh, that are drawn, definitely than when you're dealing with something like that, as opposed to some of the Disney stuff fluff that's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. I mean, it's almost living, breathing in and of itself. And you know, I, I just. I, I'm not sure where I was going with all that, but, <laughs> <laughs> this is but um, you know, it, it, it makes it more appealing, I guess, for kids that don't know about anime to possibly hop on board and start checking stuff out and, and getting into that. And then, of course, when you've got the backgrounds, I guess that's where I was going with it, when you've got the backgrounds that almost are living, breathing in and of themselves, it just makes it that much more easier and more, you know, uh, enjoyable. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, very true. Yeah, I always tell people that uh, the concept behind Kingdom Hearts is like the epitome of jumping the shark. Because who would have ever thought of this before then? Seriously. Right. It, it's like the yeah. ultimate crossover. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's truly fantastic. So now we're going to move into some questions from our listeners. Uh, okay. With our first one being the user named Lost the Mad. And they ask, you've done several voices over the course of your career. What have been some of your favorites? Who's your most stable character? Unstable? Fun? Least fun? whatnot? Um, let's see. Well, obviously, Vexen being one of those guys. Um, <laughs> I would have to say if I had to pick, if I had to pick an all-time favorite, and it's uh, the only reason why I say this, I mean, if he had been written any other way, I probably wouldn't be my favorite. Like, if he was just in a couple episodes, I probably wouldn't even think about it. But the simple fact that when you've got somebody like Kenichi Joji, who you meet from the very beginning and has this huge arc. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff oh, you yeah. don't even find about until towards the very end, like his brother. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that is, was such a dynamic character, and it was so fulfilling as an actor to be able to start off from one place and take him to the very end. And all the stuff in between, I mean, for me as an actor, being able to create something like that and uh, even be, you know, myself shocked, in, in the middle of it, you know, like when you've got that one episode with him wanting to leave and, and not want to come back because he's so humiliated by what he did and the person that he was. And then, of course, you know, Warmon is the one that kind of figuratively slaps him in the face by saying you need to wake up and smell the coffee. And oh, he's yeah. the one that actually dies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh. you know, all that stuff. It, it was uh, probably, I, I think to date, probably one of the most rewarding uh, characters I've ever had the chance to play. And, um, you know, until that day happens where I, I get to be in an entire series and get that same type of fulfillment or that same type of reward, it probably may not happen again. So, I mean, there's a lot to look up to as far as beating Ken. 
Although, I will say, and this has nothing to do with me enjoying him more than I enjoyed Ken, because, I, I mean, just being evil is enjoyment enough in itself. That's oh, yeah. That's the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say, for any of the Love Hina fans that are out there, being able to play Keitaro and ha- being surrounded by girls <laughs> in the show... And, you know, uh, coming in as just kind of like this slapstick character that is like almost like a, a mosh between Laurel and Hardy and Harold Lloyd and, you know, Charlie Chaplin and, and you know, being thrown around and getting punched and getting thrown <laughs> in the air and flying thousands of miles only to crash land. You know, that that was just fun just for the sense of it being fun, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I will say... That, oh, evil, evil characters. Um, <laughs> Bexton's definitely up there. I'm trying to think if there's something more than that that might, like, okay, there was one, there was one show that I worked on. I think it was called Kite Liberator a while back. Mm-hmm. And I played this, oh, I mean, for me as a person, it, like, made me kind of nauseously sick because when you've got this bad guy that rapes little girls... Oh. um, Not... I mean, you literally, like, can't think about anything that you would normally think about as a human being and think, like, this isn't okay. You just got to get into the role and you got to do it. But that was really difficult. I mean, (laughs) for me as a person and as a human being, as an actor, to be able to, to do that and do it convincingly and... You know, like, you just wanted to hate this guy. Oh, yeah. This guy was just, like, loathful. Just, oh, Lord. Yeah, uh, I can oh, imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Was there anyone yeah. who was, like, super fun to play, though? Um, super fun to play. You know, uh, yes, but I can't talk about it. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> okay. Don't get in trouble. Don't do you it. Go, yeah. Don't no, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving onward. Have you ever actually played a Kingdom Hearts game? And uh, do you have a favorite Kingdom Hearts character or game? Uh, I did try and play Kingdom Hearts, the one that I was in, the the main one that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, guys, I don't know how you guys do it. I can't get past the freaking cards. Like, <laughs> what do you do to, like, get more powerful i couldn't <laughs> grab it i couldn't get into it i i don't know i guess i'm just not that type of game player i'm more of like an rpg or an uh fps you know type of person but yeah i don't know i i i mm-hmm. i just could not get my head wrapped around like the the combining of the cards to get more powerful <laughs> things and stuff it's just like what card <laughs> system definitely turned a few people off for yeah, sure I'll, I'll yeah i'll be honest with you we hear a lot of complaints like that about that particular really? game oh yeah. my okay, god no, yes. i'm not the only one all right yeah, no you're definitely well, not yeah the yeah. gameplay is not is one of the least well-received gameplay systems which is yeah. understandable it's pretty complex and crazy mm-hmm. and hard to grasp and yet the characters I mean, it's very are very strategy oriented it's oh, almost yeah. like chess. you really gotta know your stuff Definitely. oh yeah but <laughs> the characters are very well received though they do have a really good like fan base yeah the yeah. characters are very well received from reaching memories mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh and i should clarify that question was also from uh lost the mad oh my bad sorry <laughs> okay. lost the mad. Oh, no <laughs> so on to our next question i guess dragon cat asks have you ever met any of the other voice actors from the Kingdom Hearts series? If so, what's your opinion on them? 
Yes, I have. Who have I met? If I'm not mistaken, I think. Well, I know Richard Epcar was in it. Yeah. Um, uh, I worked. I've worked with Richard a lot. Um, he's directed me in a lot of things. I've also acted with him in a few. Uh, he's a great guy. Like him a lot. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Kirk Thornton has also been in. Maybe, maybe not. I don't remember. Who else? Who else? Who else? Malusha. Who does Malusha? Oh wait. He plays Khan in Bleach. No, Quentin Flynn is Axel. Quentin Flynn is Quentin Flynn. Nothing against Quentin Flynn. Quentin Flynn is just Quentin Flynn. (laughs) But he's he's hard to kind of read. I've always had that with Quentin. Just like I mean, he's a nice guy, nice enough. Nothing against him at all. He's just unusual. Hmm. (laughs) I guess that's the best (laughs) word that I can use for it. Oh, by the way, uh, the Marluxia's voice actor is Keith Ferguson. Keith. Okay. Mm Yeah, I haven't met Keith, but um, Quentin I've met, and I've met Richard, and I'm sure I've probably met a couple of others, but I just can't think of who they are. (laughs) (laughs) That's just fine. Oh, yeah, no problem. This question is from Changeable Destiny, and she asks, although Evan slash Vexen is considered a minor character, despite his huge part in the underlying plot, have you thought of any implicit traits that Vexen has? headcanons, as some might call them, in order to make his character come alive. Now, this one is a little bit more confusing, but it's like, when I'm thinking of Exxon and trying to get in character, like, when I'm dressing up as him, I've got this oh. this innate headcanon of, like, he won't eat organic foods because um, those foods haven't been tampered with by science, so, like, it's, it's a lost opportunity. Like, things like that. Like, little things that they don't yeah. quite write into the character, but you figure out. Yeah. Um, he's definitely an A-type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and without science, you don't have anything, basically. I mean, if it can't be proven, then it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, there was a lot about him that was kind of like Dr. Frankenstein in a way, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had the mind of a child in some respects because he was always searching for something. He was always looking for something. He was always wanting to experiment on something. <laughs> and um, so I think that's part of just his innate sense of being as far as, you know, uh, if he were to be human, you know, he'd, he'd be like a mad Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Definitely like an innate brilliance <laughs> to him. Yeah. Yeah. But not like quite he's approachable. Almost a, he's almost a bit too intelligent for his own good. Yeah. yeah. Which I, which I think is probably what caused his ultimate destruction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would not be surprised. And on to our last question. What was the hardest transition from traditional acting to voice acting? Being able to, with just your voice, convince the, per- the listener, even if you didn't have a visual, convince the listener somehow, some way, of who the character is, where the character is, and what environment they're in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, being able to just do that with only your voice. Like, part of this, and, and part of the great challenge that I had in, in my voiceover career so far was when I did some radio uh, stuff. I was involved in some uh, books on tape, but uh, the books on tape were very much like you would do a regular animation show uh, because all the characters would be you know, it just wasn't one person talking throughout the entire book. It was like making the book come to life with the characters that were in it. And 
when you have something like that, you have to bring all of that to a very fine point where if the character is freezing or if the character is angry or if the character is angry and in the cold, you know, (laughs) being able to bring all that to the front with just listening to how the voice is and, and being able to tweak it just ever so finely so that, you know, uh, you can go from one range to the other depending on what's involved as far as the character goes. I, I think that was probably one of the hardest transitions. And that and the simple fact that when I first started doing voiceover work, like for Power Rangers, like I didn't need to project like I was talking to like 250, you know, people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there was the microphone that was just right there. So everything that you would do to maybe shout out to somebody or to call out didn't have to be done at nearly the same level or energy that you would have to do, you know, just being in front of a microphone because it catches everything just right in front of you. Um, that was probably the more challenging thing that I had to, that I had to deal with in the very, very beginning. But then, you know, just like anything, the more you do it, you get used to it, and, and then it just kind of becomes second nature to you. That's really cool. That's really cool, yeah. <laughs> so on to our very last question. What sort of changes did you apply to your voice for Vexen in order to create Evan? Was it difficult for you to get back into the role to voice Evan in Birth by Sleep after a two-year gap from voicing Vexen? Wow. You guys are going to hate me for my answer. I honestly don't remember Evan that much. <gasps> no! Um, <laughs> only because... Okay, here's the deal. When, when, I, um, when I did Chain of Memories, uh, Vexen had a very... Well, he had a much larger role than he did as Evan in the subsequent game. Yeah, um, Evan was, was more of like a flashback to what he was before he became Vexen. And, I mean, I do remember little bits and pieces of it, but it, didn't, it definitely wasn't as prominent in my memory as Vexen was. And primarily because the two, the two major scenes that he was in, one where he was battling um, Riku and the other one where he was talking with the other members in the association... I mean, that took, like, literally, guys, I, I was probably in the recording studio doing that stuff for about five hours um, and recording five hours for each day that I was there, which was two days total. Wow. Wow. So when you're, when you're with a character that long, because normally when I go in and I record something like Bleach or Naruto, I'm, like, in and out, like, in two hours, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. And, yeah. then, and then I'm on to the next thing, and I don't even remember what the storyline was about. You know, like a month ago. <laughs> when you have somebody, when you have somebody like Vexen, who is that type of a character where, I mean, he has to come from somewhere within you to be able to create him. And to have that with you for basically 10 hours over a two-day period, he sticks with you. I mean, like long after you're done recording, you know. Oh, yeah. And I think we recorded that like about five years ago, maybe six years ago. Evan wasn't that big. Really, I mean, the the amount of time that I was in there was maybe an hour to record oh, wow. his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because he didn't have that many lines. Yeah, yeah. very true. I mean, you know, it was a very small snippet of of what Vexen was before he became Vexen. But it was so it, it didn't have that much of a a powerful tone or quality with me that I I honestly I, I'm so sorry I <laughs> kind of <laughs> bastardized your last question here, but. I mean, he just wasn't that much of an impact on me as a person uh, oh, or yeah. as an actor. 
to be able to remember what some of those changes were. Now, I think one thing I definitely can remember is that, obviously, this was before he had gotten... I mean, when Evan was Evan, before he became Dexon, he was obviously younger, so I had to, I had to youthen him up a, just a slight amount. He also wasn't as knowledgeable. He wasn't as much of a scientist as he became later on. Yeah. So he wasn't as affluent. He was maybe a little, little, he had a little more, I, I, I wouldn't say I had a, a streetness to him, but he definitely wasn't as intellectual as he'd become later on. Yeah. And He's a little so, less flamboyant. <laughs> yeah, a little less flamboyant. So I guess those were probably, from what I can remember that I did, probably the two more prominent things that made him more of Evan than Vexum. So, yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, those apprentices should have gotten way bigger roles, but that's just oh, me. Oh, definitely. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, you know, the, the writers definitely could have done more with it. Um, I think part of the struggle that they they, or part of the challenge that they had in combining the two worlds together, was having more of a villain presence from the Disney world because those were what a lot of the kids latched onto who were used to the Disney stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Instead of bringing in these characters that, like, what is this weird, wacky dude with, like, long hair and this blue stuff thing? Like, what is that about? It's like, come on, man. Give me some star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh so, whiny kids. They need more vexing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely a great character to play, one that I won't forget anytime soon. I'm, I'm glad it had such a great impact on the fans. I, I hopefully did it as much justice as the Japanese, you know, originally, when they originally recorded it. I, I tried not to steer too far away from that, only because I knew for the people that were more of the otaku fair, it's like, you know, come on, like, this is Bexon, and you're doing it like this, and why are you doing it like that when he's like this? And, you know, so I tried to... I tried to really, as much as I could, latch onto what the original, you know, recording was about. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the laughs that I got, guys, that I gave Vexen was, was, this guy was, I mean, you thought I was crazy? This dude, like, whoever voiced him originally, he was, like, off the wall. <laughs> he was, like, smoking something when he was recording this. Like, I could not even get near this guy as far as his laugh quality. This guy was, like, just whacked. Like, you need to go put him in a straitjacket. <laughs> well, I did prefer your laugh. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that, as I said before, that was our very last question. So we're going to move into our outro. Mm -hmm. We'd like to remind you listeners that this podcast and this interview were a production of KingdomHeartsWorld.net. You can find us on Facebook as Kingdom Hearts World and on Twitter as KHW Podcast. We have the album art as our profile pictures, so that's how you know it's us. And before we go, do you mind giving a quick shout-out in your Vexen voice to our hosts who couldn't be here, Aiden and Max? Aiden and Max. Mm -hmm. Aiden, Aiden, Aiden. I'm not even going to mention you, Max, because you know you should have been here. But Aiden, only because I like saying the name and I like the way it rolls around in my mouth. Be glad that you were wherever you were instead of on this show today. Because had you been any closer to Grace or Spencer when they were recording from their perspective 
locations. Let's just say that at any point in time, I could have had one of my very own cohorts come in, bombard the place where they are recording, gag you with my very... I'm not even going to go there. It's just getting me too excited. (laughs) Take you away. And then strap you to an operating table where I would have my way. And my knife would have my way. With your every inferior organ. Until you were screaming, Please make me a part of the show today. (laughs) But you had to be where you were instead of there. That was wonderful. That just got a gold star. 50 billion gold stars. That was amazing. All of the gold stars. (laughs) Well, guys, it was fun. Thank you very, very, very much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, Steve, I just you. wanted to thank you for being on here. Oh, I'm thank you. So oh absolutely. It was amazing to talk to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you, guys. I had so much fun. Lots. <laughs> so that'll be it from us, and we'll see you guys around. Okay, before we end, Steve, can I please ask you to give me a shout out to in the Vexen voice? Because I freaking love Vexen. <laughs> you you want a shout out for like you, Grace, for personally? Just me to have on file. Please. Oh, Grace. I love saying the name Grace. It's like praying, but you're saying Grace. Anyway, I know that was a little bit of a bad pun, but let this just be forever in your voice banks, <laughs> and I shall always, if ever I was to be a female, look at you and your picture and just salivate <laughs> until I drown in my own saliva. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, um, the one host who couldn't be here, Max, was wondering if you could just do a really quick shout out in Uryu's voice. You're his favorite character. In Uryu's voice? Yeah. Wow. Uryu. Okay. Um, hmm. Let me think. Uryu. Something Uryu would say. Um, I mean, like you can insult him or. <laughs> Max. May the power of the Quincy destroy you for not being here! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was amazing. Thank you. Right to the point. He will really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm sure. (laughs) I just want to.